Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Boston organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down, here comes a 1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! 5-1 to the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. The Red Sox have won the World Championship! The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5-1. to They win the World Series 4 games to 1. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four world championships. Can you believe it? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. This is now episode four. Uh, We are an unofficial Red Sox podcast. And, man, D.C., what's going on, man? A couple days we had off, and, man, Looks like uh, a little turmoil going on for the Red Sox. Hey, man. How you doing? Doing all right. Not looking forward to work tomorrow, but enjoyed a nice little weekend. Fam's a little sick, so the Red Sox were the highlight of my weekend. Oh, man. The, I, I don't really look forward to tomorrow that much because I got to run. And uh, my stepdaughter, 8 o'clock in the morning, we go for a run with me. Can't tell people no. Can't tell her no. So here I am, 40 years old, 260, running two miles to 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Good luck, big Two miles. <laughs> yeah. My, the calves, the thighs are burning. Uh, d- two miles in 30 minutes, though. I, I was happy with myself. That's not bad. So, but, man, a lot's, a lot's going on. Last episode... Uh, you made mention to Connor Wong getting injured, which now all of a sudden appears a good question. Alfaro looks like he's making the opening day roster, but he's not on the 40 man. So right now, who do we sit there and take off the 40 man and give Alfaro that spot? Uh, I mean, we kind of talked about it before. I kind of, I think I kind of surprised you with what I was kind of throwing around. So hear me out. Um, you could look at the bottom of the, you know, the 40 man roster, somebody that hasn't been up to the majors yet. But my thing is if Afaro is doing well and you have Maguire already, I don't see the point of having Wong. I know you kind of give up like pretty easily then. I would say Wong. But I know we also talked about, but I don't want to steal your thunder. So I'll let you say who we were talking about before and after that. But I would say with my heart, probably Wong. There's no sense of keeping him. Uh, if we're going to be uh, keeping Alfaro up, I know that's kind of a, a head turner to some, but I'm not really too sold on him. I think he's a 219 career hitter. Or I could be wrong about that. 208 or something. I don't know. Uh, man, that, that, that was a shocker to me. Uh, I, I kind of lean towards a little pit, which is kind of ironic. We're, we're needing pitching right now with a, a couple of people going down. So I'm picking Ort. He looked horrible so far in spring training. You know, he, he's posting a, a he's at three, three innings pitched, a 12 ERA. Like, I don't know how he's made it you know, this far. A couple people I was talking to were like, well, let's get rid of Brazier. Brazier somehow, in my opinion, has files, pictures, or something of John Henry that will not allow Heimblum to DFA him. So we can't get rid of him. 
but I don't see any any reason to keep Ort. I don't think that uh, no other team's going to pick him up. So we could just, you know, have him down in the minors, have him work some more. But man, I, I just do not understand. Or, and I don't see, I don't see your reasoning with Connor Wong. We have no other no other catchers on the forty man. Uh, I didn't. I know. You know, you're not sold on Connor Wong. I can understand that. Uh, but we had we only had a small sample size of him last year. So I I, I got to give him a chance. You know, let him get those everyday at bats down there and and trip away. You know. And see, see, because it's where else are they going to do with Wong? If Alfaro and McGuire are both doing a great job up there in the majors, they're, they can't carry three catchers. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, it's not the personal against Wong. It's just a numbers game. Uh, there's no sense in having three on the 40-man roster, in my opinion. Uh, I kind of, I do agree with you with Caleb Bort. He's kind of, I mean, he's, I think he's what, like 30, 29. So he's not like a young gun that's down in the, in the minors trying to prove himself. He's, he's getting up there in age as far as a minor leaguer. So there's not too much in losing that. So I kind of agree with you. Probably more Ort than uh, Wong. I didn't want to steal your thunder with that, though. So I kind of just went with my, my first initial pick. Um, so, yeah, if I just say, I'd say Ort. But like I said, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Wong. I don't, I know you don't like to talk about it anymore, but. He came over in the I mean, deal with Mookie, didn't he? And that yeah, kind of it still hurts my heart. So, but yeah, Caleb Obert's a good choice. I just got to see something out of Wong. I don't know. You can put him down in the minors, use him as trade bait. Uh, you know, for another team looking to rebuild or to get younger at the catcher spot. It just hasn't impressed me much yet. So I know there's not that big of a sample size, but when you play in Boston, I guess there's not. You don't really have that much that time for a sample size. You got to keep things moving, especially to keep, you know, keep this fan base happy. Exactly. And man, here we go. L- a little, uh, 203 for Twitter followers. Uh, we've only been doing this now for three weeks. Uh, man, th- this is, this is exciting. Uh, I-, I was actually on last night, uh, and with a bunch of people talking to Red Sox, uh, Anthony on the Cape, he hosted it, and it was just it was just it was fun. Just uh, I know you you had your things to do and stuff, uh, but man, it, it was fun just to sit down with a bunch of guys, a bunch of people just talking socks, and just having fun, and not having to worry about anything. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm bummed I missed that, but had our stuff going on with the family. But uh, next time, I'll definitely join that one up. Yeah, but uh, this week, uh, we're going to sit there and do a little player highlight. You got to go do some homework, pick your guy. I got to do some mm-hmm. homework. I picked my guy. And we're going to let you go first, DC. Your player highlight was Tristan Cassis. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Tristan Cassis. Um, he just looks like he's having a great time out there. Uh, he's enjoying the game. And he's also performing it as well. I know it's spring training. You can't get too excited about it. But when you're in a, you know, I wouldn't say it's not much of a position battle because I think he was the de facto starter coming in over Dalbeck. But the fact that he's coming in, playing for a team like Boston, um, being in a position battle in a sense, but uh, having that competition, some people don't respond well to that. But he is. He has, I think he has 14 at-bats, five hits, um, two home runs, and uh, a 1.186 OPS, which is phenomenal. I know small sample size, but you, you got to be happy with what he's showing. Um, he's hitting the ball the other way, um, and, he's, and he's hitting bombs. So I'm excited to have him. And like I said, it, he just looks like he's having fun, and that's what we need. We needed a different change in the atmosphere, and I feel like with just even being a younger guy, just that's good to see. You know, it doesn't show that there's too much stress on him. So I'm, it's cool to see that as well. Yeah, uh, I love how Heim is – he's got a centerpiece in Devers for, for years to come. And everybody always wants wants to know what, what the what the mad chemist is doing. 
and he's building these young guys that are in our farm system now. He's building for the future to bring these people in. Tristan Casas came uh, came in last year, so he was like one of the first pieces able to come in. Uh, so now for the years to come, we have Casas at first, Devers at third. So we have our corner infields solid, and Casas is somebody that's very patient when it comes to the plate. Uh, yeah. something, we, something we were talking about last night, uh, with the guys and, and I brought up cause, uh, we were talking about leadoff spot and, and I was like, well, for, for as very as patient as Tristan Casas is, but with the ability to have that pop in the bat, kind of like Mookie when he was leading off for us, dude, you, would you have any problems if, uh, AC goes, Casas is our leadoff guy. We're going to try him out. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with it. I'm just more – I like a speed guy up top. Um, but I, obviously going through the season, if you see that's a need and he's performing well, uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, I would like to, you know, to put somebody out there that, you know, has the ability to maybe steal a base. But I'm also not 100% against it. I'm just kind of old school in that sense. Because with Mookie Betts, he, he did have pop, but he was also, a, you know – the five tool player, essentially, he had the speed to kind of back it up as well. So when he got on, he could, you know, set the table as far as running bases, you know, stealing a bag or, you know, doing that or advancing from first to third. I just don't know if, if Cassis has that ability, but I'm also not against it. Yeah, I, I said there to see Tristan as, as someone that if, essentially we have Devers at two. You know, uh, yeah. he was he was horrible last year. Uh, I think they said he was eighth on the on the team, seventh, eighth, uh, with runners in scoring position when he's up. That you can't have your best player up there to bat with nobody on base all the time. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, absolutely. So if Casas can set the table, make make the pitcher sit there and pitch, you know, eight, nine, ten pitches. He can sit there and take that walk. And now Devers has somebody on base. You know, yeah, uh, I get your point there where you need somebody with a little speed. But I'd rather have somebody guaranteed to have a better chance and seeing the ball to get uh, push that pitcher, you know, for a walk. Heck, uh, Devers, he's also can go deep in the count. So you could frustrate the pitcher really quick with – you know, Casas and then Devers at one and two. I agree. I, in a perfect world, I, I kind of like the idea of having Yoshida at the top before that got changed. I know he has some pop, but um, he is patient as well. I think a one, two punch with him and Devers would be awesome to see. Uh, obviously he's going to be in the middle of the order, like Alex Cora said, but yeah, I guess we're going to see how that pans out. Like I said, it's a, it's a long season. It's very, very fluid. Everything changes, you know, from, one day to the next, let alone from April to October. So we don't know. We, we don't know what's going to happen as far as the lineup uh, placement, but it wouldn't be a bad. I mean, it wouldn't be bad to have Cassis there. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I chose Ryan Fitzgerald to be my highlighted player. Kind of a little future utility man. Uh, for the Red Sox organization. In 2023, he had 13 at-bats. Uh, he batted 385. No home runs, five ribbies, one stolen base, and a 1.121 OPS. In spring training, those aren't bad uh, statistics at all this no, year. Not at all. I would just like to see him get an opportunity up, you know, up in the majors, see what he can do up there with a big, you know, sample size. Obviously, it's a yeah. good problem to have when we have all these these young guys that, you know, could use an opportunity. So you don't want to rush him up too much. Um, but I'm excited to see what he can do. And he, I think he, he tore it up last uh, spring training, didn't he? Last yeah, year? yeah, yeah, cor correct. Uh, in 2019, he was the mid, uh, he made the midseason all-star and the postseason all-star for the Red Sox minor league system. Here's some career numbers for him in the minors. 442 games, 
217 runs, 92 doubles, 18 triples, 43 home runs, 233 ribbies, 166 walks. He struck out 393 times, 26 stolen bases. He has a career in the minors, a 257 average, which isn't that bad. A 333 uh, on base percentage, 418 slugging, and a 757 OPS. So that is his career numbers in the minors. A, cu- a couple things that stick out to me was his home runs. He he still has a little he has a little pop in the bat. At 442 games, 43 home runs isn't isn't that bad. Uh he has a little speed. He steals a, a bag every now and then. Uh but just between double A and triple A he played 108 games, a 270 average, 52 extra base hits, and an 862 OPS. So it seems All like numbers. he, it seems like it's when he's taken that step from double A and triple A, you know, he's he's getting better. He's sharpening the skills, and those stats just between double A and triple A are a lot better than his career. But you have to think, you're down there in, in high A, single A, uh, just learning the game, lear- learning how to uh, focus and become a, a better tool player. Yeah, I mean, those are pretty solid numbers. I, I'm not too well versed on him as much as I probably should be. But uh, he can climb each level and kind of, you know, stabilize himself and put out good numbers. Like you said, 256 isn't a bad career average. Um, I mean, this day and age, people are hitting 240, you know, 200 to 240, and they still have a roster spot. As long as you have a little bit of pop in your bat, and, you know, you can drive in some runs, you have a little leeway there. So I'm not too worried about that. That could also come up with development. And you know, a good hitting coach could also bring that up with some tips and, uh, you know, drills and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, where he ranks in the organization, he's seventh overall in the organization in the minors with slugging at 505 and he's eighth with an 856 OPS. So that's, that's pretty good. You know, when you're ranked compared to looking at who we have down there in the minors right now in our farm system, Rafaela, uh, Valdez, uh, Abreu who just went down. Uh, he, he must like workman's comp like everybody else with a hamstring. Man, uh, the Red Sox, I think they, they need to hire someone just to be a medical person for the, the hamstring because they're going down left and right. That's across the majors, too. I've seen people left and right. You know, when I'm doing my fantasy draft now, and every person I look at, you know, one out of ten got, you know, taken out of a game early or out of a drill because they tweaked the hamstring. You don't like to see that to this early in spring training. I hope that doesn't linger on for everybody. Oh man, fantasy draft! Uh, I can't wait. <clears throat> I'm 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 working on something huge, DC. Uh, I'm I'm working on a, a little. Uh, we're gonna bring on three or four other podcast people, and we're gonna get like oh, six, yeah. five, six of us. We're going to put together the our our own personal fantasy draft for Red Sox players. We're, we're going to be drafting a couple starting pitchers, you know, your first baseman. We're going to go all the positions, a reliever, a couple of relievers, closer, and we're just going to have, have some fun. It, it's just going to be a, a whole episode we're going to do just for YouTube, and it's going to be uh, – we're going to put the lineups out there and ha- see who picked the best lineup overall, the best roster. That sounds fun. We just got to make sure the numbers work, you know, with all the people. And I think we can do like probably four or five. Yeah. So, and and the the last thing I want to talk, because I really see Ryan Fitzgerald being a utility player. He, he, He can play multiple positions. He's played multiple positions in the minors. He had 75 starts at shortstop, 14 at third base, eight at center field, six at second base. He had one 
uh, for left field, one for right field, and two at, at first. So he's he might not have played left and right field as much, played first just a little bit, but he's willing to give it a shot anywhere to be able to be called up, to be somebody that comes off the bench that can play multiple positions. I love seeing players do that. Uh, we're going to find out from Kike this year if shortstop is his first uh, first true love. He, he said it was before we put him out in center field. Uh, but Fitzgerald could be one of those people that we can throw around anywhere. Absolutely. Uh, just being a guy like that that's you know willing to go to different areas, um, it's huge, not only for the team, but for him. He prolong his career. Um, it could be like a guy like Brock Holt was for us. Um, Brock Holt's obviously a fan favorite, but uh, he played around the whole diamond for us, which and he came up pretty pretty decently with some big hits um, and big plays as defensively as well. Um, so I could see him playing like in a role like that. That would that would be be awesome to have, especially with you know all the energy injuries that the Red Sox tend to have every single year. So it's not a bad idea to have a guy like that, especially, you know, you do have Kike. He is locked in at shortstop, but having numerous guys like him as well um, is huge for our roster, Put you know, putting together a roster and a lineup every day. Man, Brock Holt even threw, threw a couple pitches in his career. Yeah. So, man. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see Fitzgerald being, being able to get called up in a couple years. Uh, to see his true potential because in spring training, he looks really, really good. Oh, absolutely. Definitely so, looking forward to that. Man, here we go. We, we had to cut our topics down a little bit that we're going to talk about because you guys, the fans, threw in a lot of questions at us this time. So we, we want to sit there and answer all your questions that you – uh, give us time to sit there and look up and talk about. So, DC, we're, we're going to start off with, uh, with some fan questions. Our our first Let's question, our first question comes from over there on Twitter, from uh, Ballpark Buzz. So, with three starters not being able for opening day, not being ready for opening day, do we think Winkowski and Crawford take those final spots? Or, or could we see one of Mata, Murphy, or Walter win the job? So I'm thinking, so right now, we still have Sale, Kluber, and Pavetta. Pavetta just pitched yesterday. Um, so that's good. He's healthy. Um, so we need two to fill in. I'm going to go with Hauk, bring him back out of the bullpen, put him in for, uh, for uh, some spot starts for the first couple weeks of the season. And then I'm going to go Cutter Crawford. And actually, I'm going to go back to our guy, Ballpark Buzz. Um, he actually tweeted out a stat. Crawford had five-plus starts last year for the Red Sox with at least five innings pitched and three earned runs or less. Um, he obviously had other starts that kind of inflated his ERA. But that's that's decent right there. And he could he could definitely fill that role for a couple of weeks. I'm, I wouldn't be too comfortable to have him in the, for the full season just yet. But um, a couple of spot starts, three or four. I, uh, that's not a bad choice. So I'm going to go Sale, Kluber, Pavetta, bring uh, Halk into four, the four spot, and then uh, number five be Cutter Crawford. Yeah, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think a couple of Crawford starts last year when you, you where uh, Ballpark Buzz was talking about. I think he, he pitched against Toronto, the Yankees, and Tampa, I want to say. Yeah, and, and it was and, against some potent lineups. Yeah, and he came in and he handled himself very well during that stretch. Uh, it, it was once a, that the other teams were able to get footage of him and learn him a little better. They started struggling a little bit. Uh, personally, we're going to piggyback this question with another one that came in from Gigi and it's give the newest injuries have been released. What is your opening day rotation? So I'll sit there and, and start this one off because it's, it's kind of a, kind of a mix. Okay. My opening day rotation 
is Chris Sale at number one still. Because we went over this uh, two weeks ago or two episodes ago. Yeah, I might have flip-flopped Pavetta and uh, Kluber, but yeah, go ahead. uh, Sorry about that. Pavetta is still my number two. I also have Cutter Crawford getting one of those spots going at number three. Uh, Number four, I actually have Winkowski up there. I have him making a. I have him making the opening day. Give give him a little bit of time up there, uh, while the injuries are happening, and before he gets set back down. And then I have Corey Kluber once again, uh, being my number five. Uh, the Red Sox have two off days in the first nine of the season. So, depending on on how things play out. Bayo could have a chance to come back in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whitlock, they are they already knew that they're taking their time with him. So we already know You'll he's not going to be May or June. Yeah, Paxton's and since he's also got hurt with uh, what, what was it a a, a one a strain to his quad. Uh, he's not going to be ready. So, yeah. So, give give uh, Winkowski a chance till Bayo comes back, and then I still have I I love how how I love Halk in, in the bullpen to come in in case somebody's having a bad start. Like we've seen Pavetta have a really bad outing uh, yesterday. So have Halk have Halk being able to be called on the wind to come in. And take care of uh, somebody when he's having s- some struggles. Eat up those long innings in the middle. I, I still see Hauk is a bullpen guy. Uh, I-, I can't see him starting. I can't. I-, I that's just my. I can't see him. So I have Sale, Pavetta, Crawford, Winkowski, and then Kluber. That's my. That's my opening day rotation. Yeah, it's not too far off from mine. So we want to thank you got you two for sitting there and asking the questions. Uh, Ballpark Buzz and Gigi. Next question up is from Dom. Do you think Jaron Duran has actually turned the corner or is this recent success just a spring training Bobby Bonds type situation? Which I think he meant Barry Bonds, but... I'll let you sit there and, and start this one. I'm gonna be blunt. I think uh, I think Duran's kind of trash. I don't think he's uh, he's fit for Boston. Um, you saw his mental blunders last year, and then him kind of losing his head. I think he has uh, 311 bats in the major leagues, which isn't isn't a lot of bats at all. So I'm kind of you know cutting a guy short. But he's a 219 hitter. For as big as he is, you think he'd have a little more pop. He had three home runs two years ago, seven last year, I believe. Um, and one of his main callings is stealing the base, but he doesn't get on base. That's the problem. I just, I don't think, I don't think he's he's going to turn a corner. Uh, unfortunately, I was a big fan of him coming up. Bought a bunch of his uh, his first Bowman cards, you know, a couple years ago. Um, I just, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't see much out of him, to be honest with you. I'm still kind of salty. He snubbed you for an autograph last year anyway. Yeah, uh, he's actually my stepdaughter's favorite player. Uh, not Apparently not for his baseball skills. She keeps saying he's hot, so I don't know. But uh, yeah. on Twitter, Lou Morelli, uh, Lou Marloni, there we go, says, uh, Duran looks so much better than the past. Seeing the ball better. His setup is so much better, not giving himself a chance. Everyone talking about his hands, but getting rid of that big leg kick has made a big difference too. Uh, he, Duran's worked a lot uh, in the offseason. He changed his stance a little bit. Like he said, he got rid of that leg kick. Uh, he, he's changed his hand position on, on the bat. His defense still needs work. because, And, and it is, it's funny and ironic how the one person that made him look embarrassing is Tapia last year when he gave up that 
inside the park home run. And now he's competing with Tapia for a backup position. Yeah, it's kind of funny how that turned out. Yeah, I still think about that play a lot, actually. I, uh, so, I remember watching that live and just being like, what the fuck is going on? Hey, yeah. I probably couldn't do any better, but uh, that's why I'm on this this podcast and he's on the field. So. So uh, another thing is, is he's th- this is a, a make or break for him. He's 26 years old. Uh, if he don't sh- show it up by I'm giving him by all star break. If he doesn't start turning the corner and showing him up by all star break. He could be easily traded for a piece we need, you know, especially since they got uh, Rafaela coming up, you know, the future out there in center field. Like I, I Duran, Duran has to sit there and put it all together this year. He, he's bulked up a lot in size, kind of like, uh, like, like Ben attendee did a couple of years ago, but it's, he, he's trying to just crush the ball instead of just trying to get on base. Yeah, I, uh, that's the problem. He just, he tries to kill the ball. He's a big dude, but he's just not making contact to actually even, you know, even touch the ball. So until he proves that for me, I just, and I don't think he ever will. I hate to be like that, but, and also if he, if he plays like trash until the all-star break, he's not going to be much of a trade ship as it is too. I would like to move him as well, but. I don't know what we could really get for him. He just kind of be like an add-in piece. He could go to a change of scenery and uh, you know tear it up. I just don't think he's the guy that uh, we expected him to be. I, I, uh, guy, I, pal. Yeah, I, I know. I know the last night we were talking about it a little bit. I think that the Red Sox need a new hitting coach. Like, I would love, love to see Petey come in and be our hitting coach. Teach these, teach these young kids, help them out a little bit. Uh, I, I know when JD's done with his career, I know JD Martinez, will, you know, would be a perfect pitching coach, a uh, hitting coach, uh, a little bit there. Uh, and if you really want to think outside the basket, outside the box, how fun would it be if you would bring Manny in to be a hitting coach? I mean, that would. That'd make me uh, pretty happy. He's the reason I'm a Red Sox fan. Um, he's one of my, he is my favorite player of all time. I love Manny Ramirez and he's just a professional hitter. We would be lucky to have him. Uh, I don't know if that would ever happen, but you could dream, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just think that that we need, we need people that are able to go one-on-one with, with these hitters to help get rid of the bad habits. And Hopefully, Jaron Duran has a lot his bad habits gone, and is able to make it up a little bit better this year and prove. Because if he could put all the pieces together, he could be one of our best leadoff men we've had since Mookie. But he's got to put it all together. Yeah, I. Uh... Just don't see it, buddy. I don't see it. But I'd be stoked if he did. I'm not. I'm not rooting against him. I don't want anybody to think that. Just feel like I've watched enough baseball. I hope. Uh, I just don't see it in him. He just goes about the wrong ways. I think he should be worrying about uh, instead of bulking up and trying to hit the ball out of the plate. I think he should worry about hitting singles and doubles first. Just getting on base so he can actually show his speed because he is fast as hell, um, and that's what we need. Yeah. So next question comes from our man, George Sutherland. Who makes or doesn't make the cut pitching and bench? So let's sit there and start with, with the pitching. Who do you have not making the opening day roster that has a chance to make it? I'll be honest with you. I kind of have a cop out here. Um, with all the injuries, we don't really need to worry about that, I don't think. Um, there's The injuries are going to kind of take care of that problem. I mean, not necessarily a good problem to have, you know, to be worrying about injuries. But uh, guys like uh, like you just said, Winchowski, 
I could see him going down there if he doesn't get a spot. But also, he could he could be on he's going to be on the opening roster probably. You know, depending. We still have three weeks left of uh, spring training. So as far as that, I don't really have a, a set name as far as pitchers, um, just because of the injuries. They kind of took care of that question. Yeah, uh, I have I have Mata and Walter not making the opening day. Oh cut. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I'm really excited about Mata, but I got to see a little yeah. more out of those two. But, uh, Mata, I'm I'm kind of I kind of like seeing him because he kind of kind of like I would love to see him and Bayo both in the rotation back to back. You know what I mean? And you see that uh, um, endorsement that um, Chris Sale gave about Mata. I guess mm-hmm. those two were rehabbing, you know, side by side last year after um, uh, they both had uh, season ending injuries. And he said that he um, he really got to see it from the start to finish. And he saw Mata really turn a corner last year. And to have somebody like Chris Sale, you know, give you props and um, tell people to watch out for him. That's that's a good sign. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. Yeah. And then from earlier, uh, I have Cutter Crawford and Winkowski. Uh, making the cut for the opening day spots. Uh, yeah. On the on the hitting side, I change I changed it up a little bit. I changed it up a little bit, my man. So, who do you have not making the cut? This will go to no surprise to any, but I have Connor Wong not making the cut. That's also okay. due to injury slowing him down. He's probably going to be a little late getting up to speed. Um, and I think Alfaro is just going to beat him for this, you know, for the second spot as far as catcher. Yeah. Uh, anybody else you have? I think Duran's on the cusp, to be honest with you. I think I could see him getting sent down to start the season. I'm going to, I'm going to just ride my hate train that I've been on this whole episode. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, who I have don't make in the cut. Of course, Connor Wong. Uh, Valdez, I don't, I don't see him, you know, making the cut, even though he's looking yeah, actually, amazing. Yeah, I, I meant to, I meant to say him as well. Uh, he's been having an amazing spring training, but I don't see him uh, having an opening day spot. And my man Anthony, he talked me into this. Bobby Dahlbeck, I don't see Bobby on the opening day roster. Uh, and he I made be surprised with that either. He he made a lot of valid points of Bobby needs to be able to, to have a lot have games playing time, and he's not going to get that coming off the bench. So I agree with Anthony to where Bobby Dahlbeck's going to ha- have to go down the triple A, where he's going to get those bats to get the hot bat going, and. The way our season is, Cassis goes down, Justin Turner goes down, Devers goes down, then Dahlbeck can come up and, and help where he's needed. Those are the guys I have not making the cut. Who I have making the cut is Jaron Duran, Alfaro, Chang, and Reb Snyder. It's not bad. No, I, I can I'm pretty much on board with that other than obviously I had Duran getting sent down. Uh I know Alex Cordes has talked about that yesterday, or maybe it was this morning. Um just he let Duran know, like, hey, just don't worry about it. We'll focus on that in a couple, you know, weeks and see where we're at at the end of the the month. But the fact that the manager is even talking about that or even like responding to questions about that shows that he he's on the fringe. Um it could go either way. I wouldn't be surprised either way, to be honest with you. I, I would prefer to see him down, get as consistent at bats in the AAA. He's going to be up eventually with injuries or, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. And the same thing with him, with Dalbeck. He needs he needs games. He needs at bats. And without the at bats to work on it, you know, the batting cages only go so far. Soft toss. You need to see live pitching. Um, you need to see live adjustments being made against you. Um, stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh Last question we have from Aiden King. If you could add, and, and these are the questions I, I think are fun to answer. If you could add players from other teams from following positions to the Red Sox, who would they be? One outfielder, one infielder, one pitcher. 
So we're going to start start off. I'll let you start off. Go ahead, DC. You want to do, uh, I'll give one and you go give yours and then we'll go to the next position. All right, cool. So we'll start with infield just because that's the one I have top. Uh, If I had to choose anybody, um, I'd probably go Trey Turner, to be honest with you. I'm a big fan of him. I love, uh, I love guys that get on base, hit for average. He consistently hits over 300, if not right there. Um, and while he gets on base, he can hit you 25 home runs, probably 30 if he really wanted to. And he'll score you 120 runs a game or a, a year. Um, it's just, he's just a, a crazy threat all around. And uh, I would be stoked if somehow the Red Sox had Trey Turner. Obviously, he's probably going to be in Philly the rest of his career, especially with that deal. But, um, I'm a huge fan of Trey Turner. I think he could uh, he'd make uh, Fenway Park his bitch, to be honest with you. You know, it's kind of ironic. You know, we we both, for infield, both went for shortstops. I, the way I, I made my picks is who would I bring in to help fix our holes and keep them here for a long period of time? So I also went for infield. I also went shortstop. Give me Danzy Swanson. If if we could get Swanson in there, oh man, his he has a nice glove at shortstop. He's got that pop. He's able to get on base. He can drive in runs. I would love to have him as my leadoff man, to be honest. And yeah, it, he's a he's a beast. And it's just there and fills one of our holes that we have. You know, we have Cassis at first, supposed to be there for a long time. Uh, I couldn't really find a catcher that I liked to bring in. Because catcher, I think, might be a long-term problem for us. Uh, Second base, we should be fine in a couple years with, uh, with Marcelo Meyer. So that's why I went shortstop. That's why I got I went Swanson. So next, we're going to go outfield. And All outfield, right. out, outfield, we got we got Yoshi out there for a long period of time. Uh, we have Kiki out there in center field. You're not a big fan Kiki's, of Verdugo. Kiki's at shortstop now. Yes, best. But we're, we're thinking I already took Swanson for my shortstop. Oh, I got you. Yeah, no, I got you. So yeah, I'm not a fan of Verdugo, but I'm so gonna keep my. I personally. What Julio Rodriguez from Seattle. I would love to have him over there. Young kid. Potential is through the roof. And I think him being there with Kiki or Kike. Uh, you know, Tristan Cassis. You know, Devers has some personality. I think Julio would be able to sit there and, and fit right in well with the city of Boston. So that's funny. I uh, For my outfield, I went Julio Rodriguez as well. Um, kind of go with the, the same strategy I was thinking with uh, Trey Turner. He has a lot of pop. He'll hit you 25. He could hit 30, probably get more than 30 home runs if he wanted to, but he's also going to steal bases. He's going to get on base with a pretty decent uh, batting average. I think he'll be a 300 hitter when he's, uh, when he's all said and done. Um, and he's young as shit. And he's, he's going to win multiple MVPs. And uh, I think he would be uh, be fucking awesome to have him. But that's funny. We both chose him. Yeah, uh, I, I was battling back and forth between him and Soto. I was I was tossing him back and forth. And I'm like, man, I, got, I can't go wrong either pick. Either pick, no. I can't go wrong. But there's just something about Rodriguez, something about him, his personality, and, and you just get lost of, in his eyes, don't you? Yes. Oh. <laughs> so. Hey, he's got some nice eyes, man. I'm not going to lie. But next up, we got pitchers. All right. Who do you got, the big pitch, dog? The pitcher I chose. Um, I'm going to go Corbin Burns. Oh, man. I know we've uh, we've Did, talked about him at work. <laughs> I could tell by your reaction I probably took yours. Um, but he'll give you 225-plus strikeouts a year. He'll give you a low three ERA, and he's just a dog. Um, hey, there's a chance we could go out and get him, you know, trade for him or whatever. 
Uh, I know he, the Brewers pissed him off over 750,000 K. And I think uh, they're even in the, in the hearings blaming him for their losses in the playoffs. So they kind of crippled that, uh, that relationship. So I'm just trying to maybe manifest Corin Burns to come to us. Um, I'm bloom cough, cough motherfucker, man. I can't believe uh, you, you, you must've snuck in, took my notebook, took my notes that I had switched out the shortstop and was like, Oh, I don't need to do no work now because even, even all, all the reasons that you gave are the same reasons I'm getting. I, I want Corbin Burns arbitration. You're sitting there and screwing that man out of pennies, and he's your number one guy. Are, are the Brewers that much in money trouble that they can't just give the guy what he wants in arbitration? Yeah, especially $750,000 uh, in this day and age. And obviously to us, that's a shitload of money. But to the MLB, that's a veteran's contract, essentially, or a, a vet minimum. Yeah, so I, I'm just like, dude. So hopefully that could easily work in our favor. Uh, I would love when he's able to, because you think of, of we're unloading contracts. We could pay Corbin a nice round number to come to Boston. Yeah. Uh, and then have him there with Bayo, Cutter, you know, Halk. Whitlock, Brian Mata, like he would fit in where we could have a nice young pitching rotation for many years. Then we'd have an ace. We'd have a, a surefire ace in him. Exactly. So guys, well, thank you guys for sending in the actually, question. Actually, hold on. Oh, real quick, real quick though. You know, I was going to do something funny, but I decided to actually take this serious. But if I, <laughs> you'll like this, I promise. But if I had to choose one infield, I would take Xander Bogarts. If I could choose one outfield, I would take Mookie Betts. And if I could choose one pitcher, I would take John Lester. <laughs> Just throw some uh, salt in that wound uh, that we have. I, I, I would sit there and... I mean, not I'll, John I'll, Lester now, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, was, thinking, I, I was thinking like, okay, everybody's going to sit there, okay, sh- Otani. Hands down. I couldn't the, choose between pitcher or uh, outfielder for that, to be honest. You know, so I just went the other routes. DeGrom. You know, everybody wants him. I, I, another pitcher I was actually looking for is Alicantro in Miami. Uh, he was one of mine. It was between him or Corbin Burns, to be honest with you. You know, but I, I was like, man, Burns could be – we could manifest this into reality. Yeah. So, but guys, thanks a lot for sending in the questions. We yeah, love sitting there. It. We love answering the questions, but uh, we're going. We're thank going you, Ballpark Buzz, for your uh, stats. Oh man, I love that. He he was actually there last night uh, with us talking. So, but man, oh, yeah. there, there there's uh time to bring in the closer. Some closing thoughts. I'm gonna go first. And there was a stat I seen where. And, and this is just to show how good of a player this guy was. He could have, Pete Rose could have go 750 for 750. And Tony Gwynn would still have more or, or a higher batting average than Pete Rose. I think I saw that too. Not yeah, only cool. that, everybody knows in the 90s, the Braves had the pitching staff. Here is Tony Gwynn's stats against these three Brave pitchers. John Smoltz, 462 batting average, 10 extra base hits and two home runs, and his career facing him. John Smoltz, Greg Maddox, he batted 429 against, nine extra base hits, no home runs. And Tom Glavin, he batted 312 against, 
six extra base hits, and two home runs. Like, you're taking the three best, three of the greatest pitchers of all time. At that time, that was the starting rotation in baseball. The, oh, the Braves. And Tony Gwynn, that just shows how good he is. He batted over 300 against all three of them in his career. That is just astonishing. No, it's when impressive. I said, when that I said that, that uh, Braves that. rotation was insane. Is that all you got for yours? Your closing? That, that's that's my closing thoughts. To, to give some of these younger uh, fans, go check out some Tony Gwynn highlights. Look into him. Like he is the probably the one of the best hitters of all time. Oh, absolutely. Never struck out too. Very rarely. Oh, against the big three, he only had he only struck out three times. Yeah, against it's the, against them. Insanity, bro. Um, I don't got too much. Just wanted to touch on the the pitch clock. Obviously, that's you know bringing a lot of changes to the game. Um, we saw how Max Scherzer is kind of using it. You know, to his his advantage. Um, he did get called for a balk, but I think that's gonna that's gonna change the game in such a different way. Um, and the way it you know affects us and the Red Sox is. I'm happy to see Kenley Jansen yesterday going one, two, three. I think he had like 13 pitches, if not let. It might have been like nine, to be honest with you. But uh, I was worried about him. He has a very long – it takes a long time to throw a pitch. Um, and see him adjust in his first uh, first appearance in the spring, that was good to see. Kind of, you know, lower some worry and stress as far as how that's going to affect us as a team. But other than that, I don't got too much, man. I uh, appreciate all the questions from everybody. Um, I know uh, – you have uh, two Bogarts cards out there to be given away on Twitter, so make sure people go out and check that out. Um, I have some other Red Sox stuff I'm going to go through that we can give away. Um, Tristan Cassis, stuff like that. Um, other players. So looking forward to that. But appreciate all the support. Yeah, it's just sit there and guys, go over to Twitter. Look up the Pesky Podcast. Go in our bio. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow we'll us have on a TikTok YouTube. eventually. We're we're having TikTok eventually. Like it, right now, if you go and, and retweet, follow, like, and then sub to the Pesky Podcast on YouTube, I'm giving away two uh, two Xander Bogarts to two people. So uh, where he went, check out uh, the Twitter page. Uh, both both people who won uh, the cards already. The Mookie Betts Prism and the autographed David Ortiz. They got them. They sent me messages. They posted them on Twitter. They love the card. Guys, hey, sit there. And all we want to do is just talk baseball. Yeah, man. We got a lot of exciting stuff coming up, too. I know you said we have a guest on Thursday. Oh. Um, my buddy Josh that we were talking about. He'll be on uh, when we film or when we record uh, Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, uh, the guest coming up on the next episode, uh, Red Sox addict. She has her own own merch line. She loves the Red Sox. She's very knowledgeable. I can't wait to have her on. So That's guys, exciting. I'm excited for that. So guys, just sit there and check us out. But man, another episode down in the books. So he's DC. I'm the Rit. See you guys next time on the Pesky Podcast.